I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. In September of 2021, I asked Dr. Al Baird to move to Tucson for a two-month evaluation and consultation of the church. He stayed until Thanksgiving, met with 60 or more members of the church, helped mediate difficult situations, critiqued my leadership, and offered ideas for refining the leadership structure of the church here. Having Al help us was one of the best decisions I've made recently. In this episode, I've asked Kelsey Hahn, my associate minister, to guest host and talk to Al and me about Al's visit to Tucson. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. I want to invite you to a men's retreat we are organizing here in Tucson on the weekend of April 1 through 3, 2022. This is something I look forward to every year, and I hope you can join me. It's located at a beautiful campsite about an hour outside of Tucson. It's a great time to get away, listen to some powerful lessons, hike, cave, eat six delicious hot meals, sleep in comfortable and warm bunks, enjoy warm showers. If you want to grow and enjoy a powerful spiritual opportunity, I want you to come join us. Kelsey Hahn is organizing for this year's retreat, and he's going to make it a memorable weekend. We'll have more information and registration available soon. Please save the date, Friday through Sunday, April 1 through 3, 2022. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner podcast. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, to make this life count, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. This really is the Rob Skinner podcast, but I'm not Rob Skinner. I'm Kelsey Hahn, and uh, we, I'm guest hosting the podcast today at Rob's invitation because we have uh, two very special guests on the podcast today, and one of them is the namesake of this podcast podcast rob skinner himself rob good morning good morning kelsey welcome to the rob skinner podcast great to be here thank you for inviting me <laughs> how's it feel to be on the other side very interesting different is this the first time i believe so yep we're breaking new ground here uh, rob skinner a guest on the rob skinner podcast it's it's great to to see you rob this morning we're so happy to be here in tucson with you and with pam it's been great to have you guys here. What, a, what an incredible blessing to have you. We, we just got back. Uh, we had the long holiday weekend here, and uh, we're with the campus on a retreat. It got in some great hiking, wonderful devotionals. Great time with the Flagstaff church planting. It sounds like it. They were so happy you went up to visit them this last week. I, just, I love the connection, right, that we have between, between the churches and the fact that the way that we plant churches is we stay with them, we walk with them. You're discipling uh, Brian, and, and it's, just, it's just wonderful to be able to be with them and see them. I know it. I know it. Well, it's interesting because that was the reason why, one of the reasons why you even came out here to Tucson last summer. 
all of this is is strangely connected to the podcast. We we were listening to the podcast and we heard about the planting and that got us excited about Arizona. And then I was connected to you through the podcast. So it, it God God has worked in many ways through this. Well, we have another guest, a, a, a very uh, special guest. We have Dr. Al Baird, uh, who is now an elder in the Phoenix Church of Christ. Uh, Al Baird has a, holds a PhD in physics from the University of Texas in Austin, and uh, he gave up a career in physics uh, years ago to go into full-time ministry at the Boston Church of Christ, was there and served with his wife, Gloria, for 25 years, was in Los Angeles for 22 years serving the church there, and is now in Phoenix. Good morning. Oh. Good morning. Great to be with you guys. It is great uh, to, to, to see you and to welcome you here. And it was great seeing you here in, in, in Tucson. You came here to, to help the church out uh, for a period of time. You came in here. Rob asked you to come in as a consultant. So, Rob, why don't we just start with you? Why, why did you ask Al to come in and consult here in, in Tucson? Last summer, I took a longer vacation than normal. I, I, I took a cross-country motorcycle trip. Then I went surfing for a couple weeks. And I, I was feeling like, man, I, the planting was super stressful to get that off and running, which it was awesome, but I felt worn out COVID of course, but I'm like, I, I really, I talked to my core group. I said, I really need a little extra time here this summer to get away. And I used that time to think about, okay, what, what coming into the second half of the year, what's needed in the church. And one of the things that I came up with is I really need someone to come in and look at our church. I just felt like there's something that I'm not doing or not seeing that I need help with. And I, I didn't even know what it was. I, I just knew I need someone to come in and, and look under the hood, so to speak, you know, like a mechanic to diagnose what's happening. And I really felt like I read this book recently where the, the writer said, you know, a fly has a thousand eyes, has a thousand lenses. It can see almost 360 degrees. I mean, it's got incredible vision in a way. At the same time, that fly will, will pound itself up against a, a glass pane, a window pane, and will keep on buzzing and trying to fly through it. And even though it's got a thousand eyes, it can't see that there's something blocking it. And I felt like that. I felt like I, I've always considered myself pretty self-aware, pretty clear on my weaknesses and strength, but I thought I'm not seeing something. And I don't know what it is. And I, I better get some someone else who's got some experience. And so that was what I, I first talked to the guy who disciples me, Bruce Williams, and he was willing to come down for a couple days. And then I had a, a time scheduled with Al Barrett. I wasn't really thinking about it. But during the appointment, Al said, hey, do you guys need any help? I'd love to help out. And I'm like, bingo. Okay, that's 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 exactly and I said you know what I I wrote down on my goal sheet coming back from vacation can you come down and we started talking it was at a beyond bread sandwich shop here in Tucson and Al said he was willing to come for a couple months you know three months two three months and we kind of locked it up at that point and that's where it started I love that this didn't come from from really an external source in a way. There wasn't any big crisis. It wasn't like there was a meltdown or somebody was telling you you needed to do this. This really was just something that was on your heart. I, 
you know, I, I think the church has, it, it grew rapidly first couple of years, and then it kind of plateaued at about 100, and we have about 135 members, and it has been that way. I mean, up and down a little bit, but I'm like, okay, we're, we're stuck, you know, and, and I'm doing the best I can. I feel a lot of pressure. I feel a lot of pressure as a church leader. Like, I want my church to be strong and healthy. I want to reach all of Tucson. I want to I really feel a lot of excitement about planting churches and planting Flagstaff was part of that. I want to plant 10 churches in the next 10 years, but it's not hard for me to figure out if something doesn't change that that's never going to happen on the pace we're going. So you're right. There wasn't like a crisis that triggered it, but it was just like, okay, based on your current trajectory, it's not realistic to expect you're going to be able to reach all of Tucson and plant 10 ch- churches in the next 10 years. Oh, I'm sure you remember that beyond bread meeting. And did you, did you have any idea when you sat down with Rob that, that this might turn into you being in Tucson for several months? Not really. Uh, I mean, our, our relationship with Rob and Pam and with the Tucson church from the Phoenix church, we're only two hours away. And we have always considered uh, churches uh, as partners, uh, similar type goals. We wanted to impact the whole state of Arizona. And uh, we, uh, we had helped finance uh, Rob and Pam initially uh, from Phoenix in, in terms of, of uh, planting there in Tucson back uh, nine years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, and also, we worked together uh, in the plant, replanting in, in Flagstaff, uh, and again helping out there financially and, and otherwise. And as people graduated from university there in in uh, Tucson, uh, a lot of them job wise would move to Phoenix, and so we had the experience, uh, and, and sometimes the experiences were not good. And so we, we heard stories. I mean, it's not unusual. Uh, people with problems sometimes will move and, and, and would move to Phoenix. And so, and we had even been involved with Robin Pam on trying to help resolve some different things that happened through the years in terms of some people with, with their issues. But we had also very positive people. And so we, and, and we had great respect for Robin Pam. And uh, Gloria and I had spoken there several times in in the Tucson church, so we, so we had some familiarity familiarity with it, but uh, not not really anything of what was overall uh, the the strengths and weaknesses. And uh, so when we got with Rob and Pam uh, there and, and talked about it, uh, it was intriguing to to come down and and just spend some time and uh, and see what we could see and see how we could help out because we obviously wanted them to do well. We wanted the church to do well. And uh, we were benefactors in Phoenix of, of some of the people that converted there. So it was a great interest to us as a partnership. And oh, so yeah. I talked to, uh, when, when, when the idea came up that I went back into our leadership and our eldership and said, hey, how would you guys feel if uh, I head down to Tucson for a couple of months and, and to help out. And uh, there was an enthusiastic support for doing that. Al, you have just decades of ministry experience. I know you've helped a lot of churches in a lot of situations. But is, was, this, was this kind of a first? Have you had a, a church leader just come to you that, that, and just say, hey, I want you to come over here and live here for a few months and 
and just look under the hood and tell me tell me what I can do differently. Never done anything like that before. Uh, I, I'd, I'd gone uh, and, you know, Gloria and I had worked a lot in the Middle East and helped out in churches there. And uh, we, we had helped out in Singapore and Jakarta and Manila and places like that, but never for an extended period of time. And so it was usually just based on what we heard uh, from the leadership about what was going on and we'd go in and try to help. But it was totally different in this situation to boots on the ground to really talk to the people. Uh, and it made a huge difference. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, what did you first see when you arrived? How, how did you get started? Well, uh, I, I knew that that if we were going to be there a while, I, I needed to get the perspective from the people in general. Uh, and, and so uh, I just started, uh, and, and Robin Pound would help me set up uh, appointments uh, my idea was was to try to, to, to talk with as many of the people uh, during that time. And it, we, we, were not, we were not totally sure how long we would be there. We, we knew initially we talked loosely a month, three months, whatever. Uh, and we did not have any real idea because we'd never done anything like that before. But uh, so uh, during the, the two months, I, I personally talked to probably 60 different members of the church. Wow. We had dinner <laughs> with them when they're in their home, whatever. And so it was just, it was so, first of all, being with a lot of really great people, the church in Tucson has fantastic, some p fantastic people, uh, but uh, spirituality all over the map. Um, people have been like everywhere damaged by COVID uh, and uh, some people disappointed, some people hurt. There, there were mistakes all the way around from people, whatever, as in any situation, I'm just like in family, whatever. But the thing that was, I think, the missing link that, that, that was, was, uh, came to light was communication all the way around. The communication was, was suffering in the church overall. It had grown from, from 22 to well over 100, and, and of course, COVID has, has damaged communication across the board. Uh, so again, I'm, I'm jumping all over the map here and we talk more in specifics, but uh, so jumping in, I didn't know what we would find, but in talking with people, it, it became clear very soon uh, what some of the major things that we needed to deal with were. Rob, for you, you've got someone with just a, a great, so respected, you know, uh, coming into the church uh, and uh, an elder, and uh, people really look up to Al. And uh, you, you hear that he's going around meeting with you know sixty different people in the church one on one. <laughs> how did that? How, how did that feel? It, it you know on one hand I was so excited I was really thrilled to have there's there's I don't know of anyone who's more respected in our family of churches than Al or has more experience going back to the sixties. I mean he's just got decades half century of experience in church. Uh, but at the same time, it was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. And I, I knew it going into it, but at the same time, Al did far more than I anticipated. I mean, he met with so many people. He was constantly meeting with people, and I would hear about people meeting with him. And people were thrilled to talk to him. I mean, they were sharing about it. People were smiling. People were... Uh, 
you know, so happy to have a listening ear who wasn't me, someone who, who was, uh, you know, removed from situations. I mean, if you lead a church for 10 years, there's going to be things where you do things wrong or you rub people the wrong way as the leader. And it, it can just go beneath the surface and doesn't really get dealt with. And Al was able to surface a lot of those issues. And I, and I was actively talking to him. I mean, I, I gave him a list of people that I knew or felt probably had issues toward me. And, you know, he met with all those people and he would set up, we would set up appointments to get together and he would mediate and work through things. And that's, that was one of the most awesome things, kind of breaking log jams where situations were stuck. But I got to be honest with you, Kelsey, there were times I I thought, Rob, what did you get yourself into? (laughs) This is really, it's uncomfortable. You know, there's, there's, I felt like I was back in seventh grade at times, like, oh my gosh, do people still like me? You know, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) it just, juvenile thoughts because of the, um, you know, the way he was really stirring it up and, and helping to surface issues and, 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 you know, highlight situations. It's, it's really one thing for somebody to come in for the weekend and then you sort of humbly ask them as you're taking them to the airport, <laughs> hey, do you see anything I can change? You know, and then you can kind of do with it what you want to do. It's another thing to have somebody, and, and the time got extended, didn't it? It was originally going to be three months. and right. Well, we he we saw Al at the kickoff of the Flagstaff Church mid September, and essentially the next week he came and he stayed all the way through Thanksgiving, and it was a great great period of time. Time, Al, I was one of those sixty people uh, that you met with because you didn't just meet with people who who maybe had some you know sort of issue or, or problem that they needed to resolve. I think you also tried to balance that with just a good cross section of the church. Yeah, it's, I've been around long enough to know that uh, one of the problems with being a leader is that the, the people that, that are your leaders that you work with are very reluctant to tell you negative things, especially if it's about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's one of the things, I, 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 an anecdote from uh, Winston Churchill, he understood that. Uh, and so he actually set up a cabinet post for the guy whose responsibility was to bring bad news to Winston <laughs> Churchill because he knew that people's inclination was to try to please the leader and be positive and all those kind of things. And so that works anywhere. I mean, that's just true. And so I understood that. And so uh, it's what I found was uh, uh, it was not unusual for some of Rob's leaders to not tell them what they really thought mm-hmm. if it was negative and to, to get into those, those issues and really find out what they did think was, was really helpful. And I've got to say with Rob and Pam, it, we, we had some hard talks. We obviously, uh, I didn't pull any punches with them and things that they needed to hear uh, and, and things they might need to change, but they were always humble and they were always willing to hear and, and really accept responsibility and try to understand and, and make changes. And so that was one of the things that made the time, those two months so, so pleasurable was, was Rob and Pam were not defensive. Uh, there were things that hurt them, but they were always eager to learn. And, and I think that's what makes the Tucson Church great is having leadership like that. 
You know, I, I think there's something really special about this whole experience that I noticed. And I, I want to ask you, Al, just I, I don't even know if you if you do this consciously or if it sort of becomes second nature to you uh, after after many years of just following Jesus. But I, one of the things that I that I noticed is that you came in and you, you, you weren't like sort of taking sides or putting people in camps. It wasn't a matter of finding out was Rob right or was this person right it was really you're really listening and you know you 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 were you were stirring things up in the sense of you were you were surfacing a lot of things but you weren't stirring up trouble right and you also weren't like the 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 sort of hired gun to go in and and uh sort of tell people okay this is you've got to fall into line how do you do that how do you communicate to people i want you to be open with me and talk to me and, and tell me but not sort of stir up disunity i feel like when you left you you left the church more unified for sure definitely and but that's an amazing thing to go around and talk to 60 people about what do you see wrong and end up with more unity how do you do that <laughs> well I, one of one of the basic uh, beliefs that i have is that someone has been baptized and, and receives the holy spirit uh, like paul said in romans is it, basically good now we can get messed up we can get off track but our hearts have been transformed. So I'm starting with a group of people who, who are disciples. They may have gotten off track, but bottom line, they want to please God. Uh, I think, I'm not sure I met a single person in, in Tucson. There were some people pretty messed up uh, in terms of where they were spiritually and really, really gotten off track on a number of basic, uh, basics. But, but bottom line, when you take them back, what do you think God wants here? Uh, they're always eager to hear that. And, and so when you can give that amount of respect to someone, I think you have the Holy Spirit here. You were originally uh, baptized, wanting to please God. And uh, let's figure out what God wants here. When you can give that amount of respect to the start, people, I think it lowers your defensive level. That, okay, you're not out to, to trash me here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, are, and are then more eager, and, or not necessarily eager, but but willing to hear what they need to hear. I think one of, the, one of the biggest problems that I found in the Tucson church, there was a huge amount of gossip going on. In fact, I, at one point, finally preached a sermon on gossip. It was one of the hardest sermons I ever preached in my life because there was just a lot of gossip. But when you get people that, that don't feel like they can say what they need to say to someone that will listen, they're going to gossip. Right. And, and so that, that's what was happening in a lot of, a lot of the situations that was not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that was a major problem in Tucson, but there was just a lot of gossip because people had some, some convictions that they didn't feel like were being heard. And so again, I, bottom line, if I encapsulated everything that was going on in the Tucson church, it, it was just needed better communication all the way around. Now that's probably true in every church. It's true in marriage. It's true in, in any, anywhere you have more than, than one person. Communication can always get messed up and that's where Satan works, is trying to keep us from hearing each other. I remember that sermon very well. That was, <laughs> that was a memorable day. Um, the sermon on forgiveness, that was a memorable day. Rob, I remember you, you preached a sermon, and it was, I thought it was very moving. I think it was in response to the things that you were hearing from Al. Do you remember that? You, you, you're very open about the things that you, that when you shared with the church. Well, Al had talked to me about my communication, my listening. So you got to be a better listener. And he talked to both Pam and me 
And yeah, it was, it hurt. I thought I was a good listener. I, I try to work on that. But I think there were some situations where I could point it out and say, listen, you know, you're listening to this person. They're trying to be open. But in the same conversa- conversation that they're trying to express something, you are coming back and sharing your thoughts. And I thought I was trying to share it in a respectful way, but the person felt shut down. They, they felt like I wasn't really, basically, they, I gave them plenty of chance to share, but when I came back and shared my opinion, they felt like, okay, you know, this, this talk didn't go well. Rob's not listening. And, you know, I think that's just one example I think when it comes to communication too, um, when I share well, I, when I shared that that what I was trying to work on, it did seem to impact the church. I mean, people were like, "Oh my gosh, Rob's being so vulnerable." Now, that was tough for me. I I didn't like sharing that lesson, you know, and I got a lot of good feedback, but I felt really terrible after the sermon. <laughs> I felt like I was preaching in my underwear up there. You know, I just felt and super your vulnerable. Style, you're not, your style is not really, you don't cry a lot. You're not that kind of a very emotive, a very powerful speaker, but not very emotive in that way, right? That's not my normal style. You're right. Exactly. So if people noticed it, people like, oh, something's going on here. Al's hitting home or something. I, I think the communicate, well, yeah. So I'll go ahead and just end it right there. Rob, I thought it was just a beautiful example for the church. I mean, it, it, it was obvious that you weren't just saying that you were listening, that you were really listening to what Al was 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 bringing to you. And uh, just a great example, I thought, of, of humility. And and I, I, I could just see the change in you. I, but I, I think you also saw a change in the church. What, what, what do you see as the benefit to the church of having Al come in? So many different things. I mean, first of all, it was great to have Al come into town because I knew Al I knew about him. Al's like a spiritual hero to to me and I to many other people going all the way back to Boston. And I mean, he's older brother, you know, intimidating type character, like, wow, this guy's, you know, been in the 30 would-be disciples. I mean, he's he's been there. If there's something significant that's happened in the kingdom, Al's been in or around it. So to have him come in was was good because I knew him only as a kind of a mythical figure. But having him come in and building a friendship was great. It took a while. It took a while to get to know Al. And and I'm really grateful because I, I feel like I can talk to him now and really be open with him and got a chance to really share and build a friendship with him. So that, that was an awesome benefit for me personally. And I think the church. I think for the church, having someone that people could talk to freely without fear of like any negative repercussions really freed up the church. Uh, COVID's had a big impact and I think it's exacerbated, but even without COVID, I knew there were things that needed to change in the church. So having the the freedom to be able to talk down, and just share everything people were feeling, I, I felt a looseness with the church, a, a joy, like, okay, this is great. We've got someone to talk to. Um, the communication issue that Al mentioned was huge, not just my personal listening skills, but also when the church has gotten over a hundred, I can't effectively meet all the needs of the congregation and Pam can't either. We can't listen, deal with, and, and communicate thoroughly. And there were a lot of situations where communication was becoming an issue. Here's a, here's an example. There's one couple that was, um, I don't think they'll mind. I'm not going to share their names, but they were, working in the kids' kingdom. Um, 
I felt like maybe they've been in the kids' kingdom too long. I'm concerned about them not getting enough fellowship. I'm going to switch them out, have someone else take their place. I thought I was helping them. I didn't communicate that to them directly. Instead, I just did the change, made the change. They felt like I was benching them. They felt like I didn't believe in them. I was benching them. They felt like they were just starting to gain traction. But that had happened a number of years ago. And since that time, they felt like, well, Rob doesn't think we're starters. He's he's put us on the bench. And so they started to just feel that way and basically go into neutral spiritually and not serve or not want to serve. And and so Al was able to help me to go, hey, listen, this let's talk about this. And we sat down with them and we got it patched up and the, the love came back into the relationship. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I think that's that's a way that a communication starts to break down in a larger church where you don't have a large staff. Um, I think another benefit is the leadership structure. I had a core leadership in the church that we've built great relationships. I trusted them. They trusted me. We were close. But people didn't really know what their roles were. They didn't know. They weren't really taking action. So I would share things, but there was no mechanism for them to take action. And so Al came in and said, listen, you need a consensus group that you can work through. Now, this is... This is embarrassing for me to talk about because I I read a ton of books on church structure, leadership structure, but we didn't have an effective way of structuring the church. I I had it in place, but it wasn't working effectively. And so Al and you, I think having you, Kelsey, here, I think that was a great combination. You're like a ministry consultant. You're really good at consulting. And so working together... We're able, especially going into this year, having a functioning leadership group where everything's broken down, uh, responsibilities assigned. And what that did for me is all of a sudden, I'm able to concentrate on what I do best, which is being an evangelist, studying the Bible with people, preaching the word. And the responsibility got spread out and shared. And I mean, it's huge. I feel so much less pressure going into 2022 than I, than I have in I don't know how many years. Probably, I think it was just two weeks ago. We had the the new leadership team. Uh, we had a, a 24 hour leadership retreat planning session. It was great. Just the feeling of like sharing, sharing the burden of leading the church together right. uh, with a group of people. But one of the things that I was really excited about during that time was that uh, the uh, people in the group wanted to communicate with Al. And it, it was almost like, look, Al, we're doing it. We're, we're, we're doing the thing that you, that you suggested we do and that you have encouraged us to do. And Al was giving us his encouragement. And there's just a great, uh, a great impact, Al, I think, on the church here, uh, on many people. Let me, uh, that, that, that to me was one of the biggest things that uh, needed to change is that, you know, when, when the church started nine years ago with, I forget 20 or 30 people uh, on the team, uh, Rob and Pam could effectively lead 20 or 30 people. Uh, there's no way that that a couple can lead 100 plus people effectively uh, without a team. And uh, th- they knew that, that they had a team, but it was basically an advisory team. Uh, and, and so uh, so sometimes that team would even feel frustrated because they advised Rob and Pam to do something and, and Rob and Pam would go do something else uh, because of their wisdom or whatever, and, and which would sometimes frustrate some of them. And what I 
tried to convince and did convince Robin Pama, you, you need not an advisory team, you need a consensus team. You need a group of people uh, that you can work through that, that basically you and they together decide things, not that they just advise you. And, and that's what we, we put together, uh, to me, a, a very effective team. The, the advisory team that they had originally was, was mainly younger people, super fired up, very talented, very effective. But some of the older people felt like that they were just yes people. Uh, and I don't think they basically were, but, but because there were no older people in there, they felt like there's nobody representing us. And so um, Robin Pam and, and, and Kelsey and Jillian and, and me basically built a team of, what is it, nine people, I think, something mm -hmm. like that, nine or 10 people who, are, who basically are a consensus group. They together decide things that of major nature uh, of how to move the church forward. So I think that was probably one of the most significant things uh, in addition to communication, probably that was one of the biggest things that happened in those two months. Mm -hmm, definitely. It was huge. I can tell you that, that during that 24-hour leadership retreat that we had, uh, it, it wasn't contentious, but there was not, a, I mean, there were yeses, there were noes, there was a lot of crosstalk, wasn't there, Rob? <laughs> oh, it was, it was lively, to say the least. And Kelsey, you, you lead the way. Have you ever heard so many opinions expressed <laughs> in 24 hours about what, what we should do? Oh, my gosh. Al, um, I, I, I just have to believe that, uh, that Rob's not the only leader in this kind of situation. Uh, and, you know, like you've mentioned, he and Pam are very talented leaders, but uh, sometimes you just you sort of hit walls or you have situations that are not crisis situations, but you just want to know how, how, do we, how do we go forward from here? How do we move off of where we've maybe plateaued? And so what's your plan going forward? Would you be willing to do this in, in other places? As I look back over those two months, that was uh, one of the most encouraging, uh, thrilling two months that I'd had in years. Uh, and it wasn't all easy. There were hard times, but it was so encouraging to see, to work with Robin Pound and Kelsey and Jeline and, and other great people there, but to, to really see together uh, plans uh, being made and problems being solved and moving forward. And so it's become something that, that I would love to do again. Uh, not, not year round, but a couple of times a year, I'd love to go spend two months at, at a church and helping out. I had a sense you might be up for that. The last time we were in the same city before Tucson was in Southern China and you let me hire a motorcycle taxi for you and Gloria to, uh, to go. <laughs> I watched you guys going off on the back of a motorcycle. And I thought that was one brave man. That, that was about uh, 10 or 15 years ago, I think, Gloria and I, and when you were in, in Guangzhou, but uh, you, you guys become, uh, became sort of heroes to us at that point in time. I, I sense, though, that the spirit of adventure is still there, Al, that you're still willing to, to do things that are, are a little bit risky like this, to go in and to spend time uh, to, to do something you've never done before. I really appreciate that. If somebody wanted to have you come visit, what, what's, what's the process? What, what would they need to know? How would they contact you? Uh, well, we haven't done this before, so this is sort of new ground. Uh, but I'm certainly open to, to, to going into a situation uh, and helping out for a couple of months. Uh, and so I'd have to work together in conjunction with our elders here. So I could see this happening maybe two times a year. Uh, and uh, it would be uh, 
uh, I would need to to have my own place, uh, not staying with someone uh, while, while I was there. Uh, I would need to be exp have expenses paid. I don't need, I have my own salary, so you would need a salary. Uh, but but expenses and, and so forth. And, but uh, I, I would certainly be willing to 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 consider doing something like that. Well, I appreciate you throwing that out there, and I think this is it's a, this is such a great uh, opportunity for church leaders to be able to turn to someone with this kind of experience and with this kind of heart and 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 that you can trust. I think, Rob, you had to trust somebody, didn't you, to have somebody come in and do this? Absolutely. Yeah, I I knew Al had the experience and and wisdom to help out, made a difference. <laughs> This church, you and Pam have just, you know, you poured your heart into this church for, for 10 years. You don't want somebody coming in that you can't really trust with something so precious. Well, that's what I liked about Al. I felt like he was balanced. He would, he saw both sides. There were several situations where I thought, oh man, you know, is he going to see my side? Is he, how's he going to come down in this situation? And he was extremely balanced. I don't know how he did it exactly, but and there were situations where people had said, you know, Rob and Pam said this. And I'm like, I don't think they said that. But Al, on his own, would go back and investigate it and then say, oh, you know, Joe or Josephine or whatever. Rob didn't say that. I went back and listened to that sermon, and that's not what he said. I, I listened to it twice. And that kind of stuff would just, you know, I was like, Wow. I mean, that won me over big time because I thought, okay, I'm willing to take criticism, but I want to make sure that it's it's fair and it's it's coming across in a balanced way. And I think Al, he didn't hold back for sure. There's times I, I was like, oh man, that's that's tough to take. But I knew that he was seeing both sides of it. Al, it seems like this was a time of growth for Rob. It was definitely great for the church, but it, you also seemed energized by this. You mentioned that when you got back to Phoenix, people people noticed something different. They did. They said, uh, "Man, you 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 were got out of your your uh, everyday pattern here, and uh, you, you were doing something that obviously you really really enjoyed." And, and that was true. Uh, my kids and uh, noticed that. <laughs> and I just had a new level of enthusiasm. Well, I sure appreciate you coming. I, I know that just as a part now of the, as we're here in Tucson, we were just felt so blessed to have you here. And I and, and Rob, I just salute you for the example uh, of just all on your own, really, from an internal place, just coming up with this idea, inviting someone uh, like Al in. It's a great example, I think, to other to other leaders. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the good fruit coming from it. And I, I read this book, uh, Good to Great, and it talked about how you know, if you want to be a leader, you've got to, you've got to be humble and be willing to, you know, consider your, your group over and above your own ego. And I think that's, that was like, you know, I got to really put this into practice here. You know, you've got some growing to do and you really need to get some input here. And having, I think having Al for two months is what made all, all the difference. I think having someone in for a weekend, it's more, that person gets to hear your side of the story. But after two months and seeing 60 people, Al really got to see everything and had a real clear picture. And so 
you know, it's great. Now I can talk to Al and say, Hey, you know, um, this person, and he knows who I'm talking about. He knows the situation and, and it's, it's awesome. So, I mean, if anyone's out there thinking about doing this, man, I would strongly recommend it. It, it's, it can be challenging, but man, so incredibly, uh, strengthening and, and, and both for you as a leader, but also for your church. It's just a huge, huge benefit. So I, I really salute Al for doing this. I go, man, he, he lost his wife. Um, he's retired. He could be in Bermuda right now, relaxing on the beach. And yet he's still seeking the kingdom. And I go, that's the way I want to be when, I, when I'm in my early 80s. I go, I want to still be preaching the word. So thank you, Al. Thank you for what you've done. And thank you, Kelsey. I felt the same thing. I, you know, part of your, one of the goals of the podcast is to inspire people to live a no regrets life. And I think a big part of that, if I can, if I can get to, to the place Al is and have the energy and the heart that Al has for people and for the church and, and just the, 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 the zeal to help and to make a difference, that's, that's a no regrets life. That's right. Well, thank you, Rob, for letting me be the guest host of the Rob Skinner podcast. I I told you I wanted to do this when I first got here. I said, let's let's flip the script and interview Rob for the Rob Skinner podcast. This has been a lot of fun. Al, it's wonderful to see you again. Thank you so much for coming on and joining the podcast today. Thank you, Kelsey. It's great to be with you guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.